What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk Live from Latro, Pennsylvania here at St. Vincent College, coming you to, coming to you from Pittsburgh Steelers Training Camp Day 6. I'm no Shrek, but I'm joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson, who's back in studio. Got a day uh, to go cover the Panthers today. Kicked it off. Before we dive into some Steelers, I think everybody's wondering, is Pat Narduzzi about to bring a championship to uh, the city of Pittsburgh this season, or is he about to complain about the NIL a little bit more? He might do both. You know, who knows? Uh, Pat has been known to do both over the course of his career. Um, yeah, it was a fun day back on the south side. A um, little bit of an easier trip for me, about 20-minute walk down, uh, down yeah, Carson Street. compared to the hour and a half. Yeah, uh, down like 376 or whatever, out to Latrobe. So, but it was a nice day. Um, good to see, you know, I, I like talking to the pit guys. They're, you know, I do love talking to the Steelers too, but these pit guys are a little closer to me in age. So these conversations seem a little bit easier sometimes um, as someone who. That's great. That's yeah. crazy to, uh, that's crazy to think that conversations with the pit guys is your age group because I'm out here like pushing the age where I'm like, all right. You know, like I'm a vet. I'm a I'm a steel. If I was on an NFL team, like I'd be here a while, you know. Yeah. So and, and you're like, you'd be a rookie, which is. Yeah. Which well, is, I mean, even on crazy. a even on a pit team, like there are guys who are like 24 and eh, maybe not 25. Yeah. Kenny was guys, like 32 when he left. Yeah, exactly. He was. Yeah. He had gray hairs by the time he by the time he got drafted. Yeah. A hundred percent. We will talk about Kenny Pickett. Bit of a sloppy day here at training camp. A lot of interceptions, a lot of penalties, a couple of false starts. Mike Tomlin gave a speech at the end of the day that kind of just solidified everything. Hey, we got to get our stuff together. We can't be letting this happen. This is not a consistent thing. Bad days lead to bad games. The whole nine. Uh, he told media afterwards he's going to keep that conversation in-house, obviously. But he did say that it, it was a bit of a sloppy day. I think that was very easy to recognize. Um you know, overall, that's the last thing that the Steelers want to see. But at the same time, it's training camp. I think the concerning part were some things were, you know, Chooks jumping out sides or Dan Moore jumping off sides or, you know, Kenny throwing interceptions, that kind of stuff that we didn't see the first couple of days. Um, I think that was one of the negative highlights on top of some injuries that we'll get to and then some some good stuff, on, uh, including, I think, a superstar in Alex Highsmith that I am dying to talk about. Um, we'll talk about the, the sloppiness first coming into today. I know you were not here, but it was a pretty clean Steelers training camp. There weren't a lot of interceptions, especially from Kenny Pickett. I believe he threw one today, maybe two. Um, there weren't a lot of false start penalties. There weren't a lot of really anything, you know, you, you looked at training camp as a whole and just thought, okay, like things are going smoothly, even if it's not super exciting today hits a point where Mike Tomlin's got to bring everybody in at the end of it and just say, yo, get your stuff together. We can't let this continue to happen. Maybe the heat, maybe the fact that we're six days in, who knows? But I would say overall, probably the least progressive practice that the Steelers have had so far. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think you're less concerned about mistakes by guys down the depth chart, young guys, things like that, but... When it's guys like Chooks and Dan Moore, like, look, you guys are leaders. You guys are veterans. You guys are returners. You guys are anchors of, of that offensive line in particular. And then obviously Kenny throwing interceptions is going to get you worried anytime that happens. Um, but yeah, it's those, it's when those top line guys um, make mistakes like that, that you really start to get concerned. Um, and, and you, I guess you could say it's early, but you know, maybe guys are still shaking off the rust or something like that. But again, these are veterans and these are, 
these are guys who have a lot of experience with each other, who've played a full season with, with each other. You know, ye, it is concerning to see and hear about some, I wouldn't call them chemistry issues, but just, you know, timing being off and, you know, just, just the little things not going well is not what you want to see from a team who's one of the big selling points on them is continuity and, you know, and, and returning with a bunch of guys who have experience and, and kind of carrying some of that momentum from last year into this year. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I think that, you know, if it was like Ryan McCollum had a false start and he talked to me about that after practice and it was just like, yeah, you know, that stinks. That's a loss. But Ryan McCollum's a backup. You know, those things are going to happen. You're going to make mistakes. You're working constantly with new guys. When the starters are on the field, that should never happen. You know, that was the biggest issue with Kevin Dotson last season was his blocking seemed to be fine most of the time. I, he did let up a couple of things. And obviously the Kenny concussions always come back pointed right at Kevin Dotson. But in the grand scheme of things, what really held him down was the fact that he led the league in penalties last season and you don't want to see that so to have the starters this year kind of you know having a rough day this early and that's the thing is like you said it's maybe it's the rust maybe it's the chemistry who knows but they've been here two weeks now you know we're two weeks and we're a full week and whatever into practice at this point the chemistry is there you know what i mean these guys know what they're working with they've worked with each other through otas and minicamp and now a week or whatever through training camp this is nothing new to them. You know, that shouldn't happen when it comes to the interceptions. Um, not positive. How many Kenny had today? Not positive. How many Mitch or, or Mason, but Mitch and Mason have thrown interceptions. Yeah. The past couple of days, I would say my big thing is it is a little bit of both when it comes to this Interce- interceptions due to bad reads or strong defensive breaks. I think it's a little bit of both. I think that Patrick Peterson is putting on a bit of a show out there, having himself. I mean, he looks strong for a dude who's 33, 34 years old. And a lot of people are talking about, oh, Patrick Peterson is old and, you know, he's got to play the slot because things got to slow down. I think if we're being totally honest, he has looked just as young as I, I, I more than I expected him to. I mean, you looked at Patrick Peterson coming in here and everybody was talking about ways to slow the game down for him because it was probably going to be too fast for him. What I've seen is the total opposite is that Patrick Peterson is still able to do everything and he's able to do everything at a very high level. And I think everybody else like Levi Wallace had a couple of good plays today. Those guys are following suit. You know, Quan Alexander's going off. You know, I think that when you have such a strong pack, a strong base, you could blame a little bit on bad reads, but you could also blame a little bit on the defense just being that good. And I think at times, you know, that's going to look bad for the offense, but still don't want to see interceptions. Yeah. You make a good point. Like, you know, no matter what, when there's an interception, someone you can read into it both ways. Like you can either, depending on just how you look at it, depending on what angle you have, you can, you can either give someone a lot of credit for it or you can get, you can take a lot of credit away from someone for that. But I, I completely agree with your point on Patrick Peterson. I'm not surprised at all that, well, no, that's not what I should say. I am a little surprised actually that he has looked this good this quickly. Um, he just, like you said, the the physical attributes are still really, really impressive. Like he is still strong. He's still big. He's still pushing guys around. He's still a great athlete, which in hindsight, I feel a little silly now, like having watched him. Oh yeah. You know, actually on the field for a little bit, I feel a little silly now thinking, Ah, uh, well, this guy's got to fall off at some point. You know, he's on the wrong side of 30. Like this, this stuff is right. He's 30. He's past 33, 33. Yeah. He's well past that. Okay. Um, oh yeah. Cause we were talking about, I, I was confusing him with Quan cause Quan turns 29 at some point. Yeah. In like three days or something. 
yeah happy birthday Quan. um but but yeah pat pete theoretically on the wrong side of 30 and you you figured a decline had to come at some point but as of right now he looks great like this isn't this hasn't been an issue and that gives you so much confidence just because i think the i, I guess no i'm not worried about levi wallace or anything but i feel like there are a couple guys behind him that you're a little worried about and if if Pat Pete's not the guy, then you'd be a little bit more concerned, but he looks every part of the guy. Yeah, he does. And Levi Wallace came out with a couple of good plays today. He had a really nice pass deflection. I don't have my notes in front of me. I forget who. I think it was Deontay. And mm-hmm. it was so good, actually, that after the play, Deontay like dapped him up and was just like, yeah. that was hell of a move. You know, right on the sideline um, from Kenny, you know, just a phenomenal play. Uh, that's that's the thing is like the secondary is playing really really well they have veterans i think joey porter jr is just very back and forth right now but the guys in front of him look really good and i mean my thing um, i keep talking about elijah riley he came up with another big play today he had two pressures yesterday that forced two bad throws dude looks very very good um actually today he had a tackle for loss came flying in the backfield toe tackled our, our ankle tackled somebody um, was real smooth and and somebody I could hear somebody from behind me and shout out to whoever it was go yo Elijah Riley Noah and I was like yep yep that's my dude um, so I think that even if Joey isn't having the best of time and and isn't ready to just be an immediate every down corner you have the option in Elijah Riley and Patrick Peterson Levi Wallace that you could actually trust which is huge um, but yeah when it comes to the interceptions that kind of stuff you know. It's gonna. They're gonna play. They're gonna play a toll. It's kind of just you have to read it as Mike Tomlin reads it. And if you ask today, I don't think Mike Tomlin read it very well. Uh, Here's a good one, Kenny Robinson. How do you guys feel, Kenny Robinson out of Wilkinsburg is doing? Uh, Came out of nowhere. Did come out of nowhere. Had two interceptions earlier in the week. Has been working with the first team reps now that Minka and Demonte and now Keanu Neal are dealing with injuries. He stepped into that role. I talked to him today, and he said very blatantly, like. Dude, I'm not worried about playing with the first team. I'm not worried about, you know, where I stand on this team. I don't worry about any of that. He's like, it's been a minute since I had an opportunity, and I have one now, and I'm ready to make the most of it. I don't think he's had the best past two days after kind of coming out very strong the first couple of days of pads and even the last day without pads. Um, Slowed down a little bit, but I think that's expected when you're playing first-team guys and you're – probably not a starter in the NFL you know that doesn't mean that you can't be a backup but to play every down with the first team you're probably going to get beat once in a while yeah and I mean look Kenny Robinson looked really good in shorts uh I was honestly hoping for a little bit more but once the pads came on it was a little underwhelming um I think he also you know I saw him up close and personal in one-on-ones um and he, I can't remember him winning a rep. You know, he got beat pretty, pretty frequently, um, and pretty, we'll call it severely. Um, like it was, it was not really close on many of them. Um, I, I do feel like he's the kind of guy to play better within like a full defense when he's, yes, you know, a run stuffer or you know a run supporter more than when he's just covering guys one on one. But yeah, I've been pretty disappointed with him. But you, you make a good point, like. He's he's a second teamer at probably at his peak right now. Um, that doesn't mean he like you said that doesn't mean he can't be valuable, but that's just who he is right now. So if you put him out there against Allen Robinson or something like that, yeah, he's gonna get burned. He's just a little over his head, I guess. I guess you could say like it's just it's just not a good situation for him. And 
it is disappointing. I was really high on Kenny Robinson coming into this week, and it's nice to see him kind of regress a little bit. But he's probably going to, you know, once Minka and KZ come back, he's going to be back in the role that he should be in, and he's going to look a lot better. And, you know, yeah. we'll all feel a little bit better about the situation. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, you can't expect a guy like that to come in here off of nothing and become a superstar. I mean, that's awesome if it happens. If that does happen, that's that's phenomenal. That's how guys like Jalen Warren are born or, you know, so many of these other guys. But at the same time, that's a tough role and that's a tough expectation to put on anybody. Has been a little disappointing the last two days. I agree with you. I think things, if just like you said, when Minka comes back and when DeMonte and Keanu come back, I think that things slow down a little bit and, you know, he can make some plays. And if he makes enough plays with the second team, I don't see how he doesn't at least compete for a starting, not a starting, a, a spot on the 53 man roster. But working with that first team, I think is is honestly hurting him a little bit. Uh, sticking with the second team, obviously, Keanu Neal went down today. Not sure what the injury is or how long we should expect him to be out. But that's the last starting safety for the Steelers that isn't dealing with an injury, which is very concerning for this team at this point. Corey Trice, though, gets shut down for the season, placed on IR, significant knee injury from what Mike Tomlin says. You got to imagine that that's probably an ACL tear or something of those sorts. Um, Really disappointing. You know, that was a guy that wasn't making a whole ton of plays, but you saw that there was some potential there, and he's obviously very exciting to watch. He's so tall and lengthy, and I think the Steelers saw something good in him, and the fact that they put him on IR means that he's sticking around. And they're going to give him another opportunity next season. But for right now, very, very disappointing for a guy that I think was almost a lock to make the 53-man roster just to see at bare minimum what he could develop into. Yeah, this this sucks. I, I'm like, I was really excited about Corey Trice. You know, like you said, it wasn't a ton of plays being made uh, in practice, but the ones he did make, I. I was wowed by the potential. Um, you look at him and he's just huge. You see the like physical traits and you're like, wow, this could absolutely be a player. Uh, and I thought they got such a steal for him in the seventh round. Um, but those injury concerns that were a big part of what dropped him, you know, popping up again. And that's just unfortunate. Um, I, yeah, I, I thought he was going to make the 53 man roster too. I'm glad they're keeping him around, uh, at least on IR. Maybe hopefully give him another chance next year. It's just, it's just a long time to wait, and you just hope it works out in the end. Because I think, I think he could really be, be someone and be and be something for this team. Yeah, I agree. I think that you saw a little bit of early potential in this guy. He made a couple of good plays, especially in seven shots. And I think that's where, you know, if you're going to start anywhere being that size and that big and that lengthy, if you can make plays in the red zone when the field is shorter and all you got to do is use your strength and your length, I mean, that's a good starting point. But just like you said, he dealt with injuries in college. It is concerning to see him go down again. You don't like to see that. You know, he was a guy that was very focused on making this team bummer you know hope him all the best hope that this is something that he could bounce back from in a big way but you know again something that we will uh we will certainly have to have to see and kind of wait on two other things that i kind of want to make sure that i touch on or we touch on anthony mcfarland we're going to talk about him again mike tomlin acknowledged that he is making plays he dude when i tell you that one-on-ones backs versus backers in in like passing situations, it was so unfair. And I get it. This is where he shines 100%. I understand. 
he burnt everybody. Quan Alexander, Tanner Muse, supposed to be these ridiculously fast inside linebackers they should cover all the time. It was a it was no contest. It was I'm talking four or five yards ahead of these guys on go routes. And then he hit Quan Alexander with like a go into the outside, spun it to the inside, wide open. Quan couldn't even dive to try to hit the ball. That's how good he was. That play was actually so good that Quan like made sure to go up to him afterwards and be like, dude, that was very impressive. Um looks good. And what what stands out is Mike Tomlin's comment saying you know, we've seen this from Anthony McFarland before, and that's what everybody wants to point out. And we've pointed out a number of times is, you know, we have seen this from Anthony McFarland before, but he says what's different this year is that he is stacking it day on day on day, play on play on play. It's not one splash play of practice. It's multiple splash plays of practice that make him look very good. And I think Tomlin is is very impressed. And, and if we're being honest, like, Alfonso Graham getting waved today and Darius Haggins having a couple of good plays, but nothing crazy. John Lovett wasn't even out on the field today. I'm pretty sure that, you know, you get hit by Landon Roberts and Mark Robinson back to back, back on backers plays and they both eat your lunch, man. Maybe just, maybe it's a morale thing. Maybe it's a head thing. We have no idea. Didn't even, wasn't even mentioned by Mike Tomlin in the injury report. So couldn't tell you what's going on there. Just feels like Anthony McFarland's kind of running away with this RB three role and could be could be kind of developing into something more i feel yeah uh i think first of all you point out yeah one-on-ones is where he shines like that's great but you talk about application to game like okay he runs past your linebacker and he's wide open if you want to go if you want to put two defenders on anthony mcfarland go ahead go ahead when he's on the field like don't like, I, I don't know. He's going to get one-on-one opportunities if you send yes. him out of the backfield to catch passes. So I, I take those with some, you know, some kind of grain of salt, but I think there's some real, there's something real there. And then Mike Tomlin, you know, saying that he's stacking days, that's absolutely correct. And it is notable, you know, Mr. Mr. July is now turning into Mr. August too. And it's, it's, you, you always you can hold the we gotta wait and see over Anthony McFarland's head forever until he actually does it in like a regular season game or even a preseason game. But this is as encouraging as things have been for him for his entire career. This is year four now, and this is as good as he's he's ever looked. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I think that this is you know it's we've talked about. I think the biggest difference, and I know we keep talking about Anthony McFarland, but he he does he just looks that good. I think the biggest difference is years past, you're talking about the Steelers are trying to get him involved in the offense as much as possible. This year, it's he is involved and he is making plays as much as possible. Every opportunity he gets, he seemingly makes something good happen. And Tomlin acknowledged it. I mean, you talk to Ant Mac, he knows what's in front of him. He understands the opportunity that he has on his plate. He's young. He doesn't have a bunch of miles on him. I mean, you know, if there's a if there's a chance that he breaks onto the scene, and yesterday we talked about Jalen Warren kind of looking like, I mean, having a better day than Najee Harris. I don't know if he had another better day than Najee Harris, but I can tell you Najee didn't stand out again today. Anthony McFarland stands out every single day, and if you're going to go off of who's making the most plays and who's you know who's contributing to this offense the most, if you're talking about the backfield so far, it is Jalen Warren and Anthony McFarland. And I don't know if that's what we expect. I don't know if that's what the Steelers want or if that's a good thing for the Steelers, but it's it's definitely what's happening. Um, yeah. Darius Haggins fumbled twice today, once yesterday. Don't know yesterday. Did fumble today. Did. Not 
He, he did, did yesterday. yesterday. I don't think it was seven shots. I think it was 11 on 11, but I remember seeing that one. It was it was a kind of a funky exchange. I think you probably could have said Mitch held onto the ball for a little bit longer than he should have. Um, it, it seemed like a read option type of thing, but Higgins definitely did fumble yesterday. Yeah, all right. So he fumbled again today. Not looking good. You don't want to see that. He did have a couple of nice runs, but Higgins has not very much so impressed me. Um, also took a shot on the fumble and came walking by. I thought he had a concussion, but apparently he didn't. Um, you know, overall, I, I think less than less than impresses, impressive. I want to talk about Quan Alexander first. Uh, how do we feel about Najee this year? You know, just like we said, and I think this is a good kind of continue the conversation point here is Najee has... He hasn't impressed me so far. I'm not going to say he's been unimpressive, but I'm just going to say that he's he's just been there. You know, like he's just he hasn't made a big play. He had those two touchdowns yesterday and seven shots. But besides that, it's just kind of been like, okay, Najee's running for four yards. Najee's running for three yards. Najee's running for three yards. Typical Najee. And, you know, it's just not it's not moving the the needle of excitement for me, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I I will say. I don't know. Were there times last year when Najee really wowed you during training camp? Like, I don't know. No. I can't think of some. No, so I, I can't either. But I, yeah. I do think that. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I want to hear your point first. Oh, no. I just think you can't. It, as unexciting as it is and as boring as it is, uh, you just can't read too much into this. Um, it's real nice uh, if. They have the Steelers walk into three running backs. Uh, yeah, that's right. He did. He did. ESPN that, is listening. That could, have been, that could have been from any day over the past week, uh, <laughs> and it would have been true. Um, but yeah, I just it would be great to walk in with three running backs for a starting caliber, but I still think we're going to get down to week one, and we're still going to be in the same place of this team goes as far as Najee Harris can carry them because I still think he's going to be kind of a focal point of the offense, and I think until – we see in game that both Najee isn't up to snuff, you know, I'm not saying that's going to happen. Uh, but until we see that and we see, you know, Warren or McFarland or whoever making plays at a, at a higher rate or being more explosive or contributing in a much better way. Uh, we're, we're Najee's your starting running back the whole way through. Um, no, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I don't I don't look at Najee as a backup and I don't look at Najee as a guy who we should start talking about whether or not he should start or not. I think Najee is the starter and for what he is, that's exactly it. But and I agree with you, like there's a difference, you know, Najee is a guy that in games when you need that tough moment, he's a guy that you give the ball to and you feel very confident that he's gonna get you where you need to be. I a hundred percent agree. Just based off training camp and the opportunity to make some plays. Eh, less than exciting but Absolutely. but again I, I think i'm you know i'm i'm being a little judgmental here and i i very much so agree with that oh no uh, i mean like God. training camp is a you know we've watched what six today was six practices yeah so you've so if you've watched half a dozen, dozen practices this is a very tiny sample size so if you're drawing from that i completely agree that Najee doesn't look great but I don't think yeah, it's any yeah. cause for no one. No one in the comments needs to panic about about Najee. We don't no, 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 no. And I, I think I would panic before anybody else. So as, if I'm not panicking, <laughs> things would be things yeah. would be fine. Um, it, are they? Is there a feeling that they're suppressing him? No, I think that he's fine and the healthy. He, his feet are fine. Everything's everything's good. He's taking a healthy amount of reps. It's none of that. It's just it's just on field performance. Um, can Anthony McFarland jump Jalen Warren for number two on the roster spot? No, Jalen Warren has looked. 
not as impressive as Anthony McFarlane, but he has still looked very impressive. He had two huge bursts today, uh, one yesterday. Just, you know, Jalen Warren is Jalen Warren, man. He does everything so well. He's just a little muscle hamster, I love to call him, like Doug Martin back in the day. And I just feel that he is a perfect complement to any running back. I think that he's a starting quality running back. I, I will say that. Um, but I, I just think that he just does everything so well. And he is a starting quality running back. And I just don't think that you're going to jump Anthony McFarlane or Jalen Warren. Yeah, I just don't think there's anything Anthony McFarlane does well that Jalen Warren honestly can't do. Like McFarlane may be a little bit faster, a little more explosive, maybe maybe that, but still there's like not it's not enough to like move the needle and, and completely jump him. Yeah, agreed. All right, let's talk Quan Alexander. I uh, had a good day yesterday. You know, we talked about how fast and smooth he looked out there, which was awesome to see today, dude like a, a missile. It was insane how good this guy was. There was only one person, eh, maybe. Yeah, no, I'm going to give it to him. I think there was one person on the defense that was better than him today, and we're going to talk about him, and that's Alex Highsmith. But Quan Alexander, man, was everywhere all the time. It was crazy. The only bad part of Quan's day was getting beat by Anthony McFarlane a couple of times in those one-on-ones. Besides that, seven shots he comes flying up the middle and takes out anthony mcfarlane it's not it was it like it hurt me i was like oh wow okay mm. had two more in team drills tackles for loss don't remember who they were against but still huge he looks so fast he looks so good he looks like a man on the mission and i mean he said it to us yesterday when we were talking to him he describes himself as every day is legendary He's, you know, he's kind of he's kind of fitting the bill a little bit. I'm not saying legendary, but I'm saying that if he holds himself to that standard, you know, he's he's playing like it. I will say that. Yeah. Was he uh, so he had been working with, I'm pretty sure, like third and maybe some second teamers uh, over the two days, I guess. Yeah. Two days that I saw him. Uh, Was he had he kind of moved up? Was he kind of solidly with that second team or first team yet? Uh, so he was he was still he was bouncing around with the first team a little bit, played mostly second team. Landon Roberts and Cole Holcomb are still, you know, still the ones. Mark Robinson made his way in there as well a little bit. But Quan, uh Quan definitely got a fair share of reps today. Like he got a very hefty amount of reps. And I again I wish I had my notebook in front of me right here because there's I'm pretty sure like four or five plays in a row. I was just like Quan explosive, Quan absolute missile. Quan destroys Anthony McFarlane. Like it's just, it was ridiculous. The guy just, just blew everybody up. It was wild. And, and if he's, I mean, look at the biggest thing with Quan is his injuries. Obviously, you know, you got an injury history. You got to be concerned there. And the Steelers are really banking on a couple of these guys with these one-year deals who have injury troubles to stay healthy. Always concerning. But if he does stay healthy, man, he is. He's exactly what they're looking for. You know, like I think that he might be. Cole Holcomb's looked good the past couple of days. I think Quan Alexander's been the most impressive guy, hands down, you know, just an all-around linebacker since he's joined the team the last two days. Yeah, and I think, you know, even more than all the physical stuff, and, like, I think he knew that he was going to be heat-seeking missile, hit real hard, he can do all that, but I've been really impressed with, like, how quickly he's picking up everything. Um, and how quickly the staff feels comfortable moving him up, elevating him there. He's on a, he's on an express lane to the first team, I think into starting in my view, like I, I, 
I feel like he's going to be one of those first linebackers who walks out for that first snap against the Niners in week one. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, do too. I didn't have anything else. Like he, he, he just looks that good and he's progressing that quickly. And I think he's going to be too good for them to keep him off the field. Yeah, I agree. I agree. If you're judging off of what we've seen so far, Quan Alexander is probably going to be a starter in week one. And I mean, you got to feel good about him, dude. He feels, he just looks really, really, really good. Um, Get to this one. Does Cody White have a realistic shot to make the or to make the actual roster with his performance this summer? I'm gonna say yes. You know, I think that that fifth and sixth spot is wide open. Miles Boykin had a had a good day, uh, according to Deontay Johnson. He had 30 receptions today. Nice. Don't think that number's true, but it was it, work. Yeah, good days work for Miles Boykin. I think that he's looked very very good. Um, but Cody White's impressive, man. And Cody White's a guy that's been around for a while. They've ke- kept him for a reason. I've heard very good things about what the front office and the coaching staff thinks and Mike Tomlin think of Cody White. So I would say, yes, I think there is definitely a shot that Cody White makes the roster and is that fifth and sixth guy come, you know, the 53 man. And I don't think that's a bad thing. He's a good special teamer. I think he fits exactly what you're looking for, for that, that bottom of the depth chart guy. Yeah. And I think if Cody White doesn't end up making the roster, it's going to be more about what guys who are in front of him or have been in front of him in the past do more than what Cody White's doing. I, I expect Cody White to keep having a really good camp. He's he's been among the most impressive guys, like period of, of any like just as far as training camp performances go, it's like him, Anthony McFarland, Quan, Kenny Robinson up until a couple of days ago. But like he's probably in the top five, easily in the top ten of guys that we've just seen on the practice field. Uh in Latrobe. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, there's, it's a little more than realistic, but not likely somewhere in between realistic and likely, you know, he's, yes. he's got more than more than a puncher's chance. Absolutely. Yes, I agree. I agree. And you know, Boykin, I think still has a good strong chance on that six or that fifth spot, but you know, Keen Butler doesn't continue to move the needle. I don't see how he makes this team. Gunnar Olszewski. I don't see how he makes this team. There's all those guys at the bottom of the depth chart. Cody White's got an opportunity. I'm 100% going to stick with that one. And it's just about stacking days, just like you said. But so far, he's stacked a lot of good days, like a lot of good days. Uh, Keanu Benton, seen anything good or bad? Honestly, he's he's been a bit of a of a non-factor for the Steelers. You know, I, I haven't really... Uh, I wish I had an opportunity. My thing with the defensive line is I wish I had an opportunity to watch the tape every day. I wish I had an opportunity to go back all the time and just say like, like watching all 22 or like rewatching a game. Once you get home, you get to really look for those details and see how guys are doing. I'll say that, you know, the Steelers did one-on-ones offensive line versus defensive line today. And Keanu didn't win a rep, which was, was not great. You know, He, he did actually, I'm pretty sure he won one. He drove, Kendrick Green into the backfield, but I don't think that really, you know, that doesn't move the needle. That doesn't, that's not really doing much there. Um, yes. I think overall, quiet Montrevis Adams took the first team reps today before Keanu Benton. I just think that, you know, it's a development. And, and I think right now we're only two days into pads. You know, that's not really a ton of time to let him kind of shine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, I did, I think, expect more from him right out of the gate, but I can't say I'm completely surprised that. He hasn't been doing much, and I think if he's not making any horrible mistakes, as best I can tell, like you said, I'm I'm no defensive line guru, and you can't we can't watch the all twenty two, but you know, I guess non factor is worse than outwardly bad, so there's room to grow, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, and I, I don't feel I don't feel bad about Keanu Benton or where he is right now. I just think that 
He's just quiet, you know, but I think the whole defensive line right now is quiet. Winner for the uh, O-line, D-line trenches so far, I'd say, is Isaac Siamalu, who just had himself a day, shut down Cam Hayward twice in one-on-ones today, had a had a very good t- uh, time. Broderick Jones, I thought, had a good one. I'll say this, and this is the perfect way to lead into this one. Alex Highsmith, man, looks like the scam. He, look at, I don't want to overreact, and I'm not, this is not a statement, this is not a fact, this is nothing. But if we are judging off of training camp practices and what we have seen at training camp, Alex Highsmith looks like the best player on the Steelers defense to this point. I think, I think hands down, if we're being honest. Yeah, I, I, I would agree too. I mean, Alex Highsmith looks rejuvenated. He, uh, he is, I don't know. I, you, I don't think the contract extension had anything to do with it, but I don't know. You'd have to imagine it's got to be some kind of weight lifted off his shoulders. And now he can just, he can just play, he can just play. And like, he can be so locked in on just what he's doing and perfecting his craft. And I think it did, maybe it did give him a little bit of a shot in energy, but he's, he's, yeah, he has looked really good. He's looked like a leader. He's looked like, he's looked more like a peer of TJ Watt than, you know, kind of second fiddle or Robin, you know, not saying yes. he's, yes, not saying he's going to win defensive player of the year or anything, but he's, he's looked like, how do I even put this? Because his contract was obviously deserved. I don't mean to imply that he needs to earn that this season, but like, I don't know. You feel better about that contract every time you watch him play. Yes, exactly. Like he looks, he looks, so you pay guys for what you're going to get from them, not what they have already given you. And Mm -hmm. what Alex Highsmith has shown is that he is worth every single penny that the Pittsburgh Steelers have paid him because it's not about what he's done. It's about what he's going to do. And he is paid like a top 15 defensive edge rusher in the NFL and I think he's easily top 15 defensive edge rusher in the NFL it is it's crazy and look at I'm not trying to downplay TJ Watt TJ Watt is still TJ Watt and very much so TJ Watt I just think that you know the Steelers it's been a long time since the Steelers have had two edge rushers that are just completely dominant take over a football game there is no stopping these guys and that is as dangerous as it gets for any defense you could talk about corners you could talk about safeties inside linebackers whatever you have two edge rushers and a three four defense it is almost impossible to throw the football. And if you have TJ Watt and now you have now you have Alex Highsmith doing what Alex Highsmith does, I mean, I don't know. Like you could look at yesterday and Darnell Washington shuts down TJ Watt twice. You want to know who beat him? First rep, easy. Not it made him look like a rookie, Alex Highsmith. Alex Highsmith goes against Dan Moore today, not once, not twice, but three times, smokes him all three. It wasn't even fair. All three times. Broderick Jones gets tossed in there because then there's going to be the argument of, well, Dan Moore stinks. Smokes Broderick Jones. Makes Broderick Jones look like a rookie. He just, he's on a whole other level. He's on a whole other level right now. Uh, I think he's he's been, you know, quiet. There hasn't been a bunch of noise around him because he's Alex Highsmith and he's not like a huge poppy name. But he looks, man, he looks good. He looks very, very, very scary good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And... That's more like these are all compliments to Alex Highsmith, not like detracting from anyone else. And it kind of goes back to what we're talking about with, uh, with like people throwing interceptions and stuff. Like the defensive backs played really well. And when you watch Alex Highsmith blow people up, you can either take it as, you know, oh, these guys he's block- who are trying to block him stink, or Alex Highsmith just looks really good. And I think it's more of the, of the latter. It's, it's Alex Highsmith, Highsmith just being scary and being dominant and being exactly what the Steelers expected from him. 
Yes, exactly. And it is a uh, it is a great time to see. I think he's the highlight of today. You know, his parents were in town, so I didn't want to bother him afterwards. But I would have just walked up and been like, hey, man, is uh, is it as easy as it looks for you? And I'm sure that he'd laugh and say no. But in my head, it would have been a yeah, it is. It actually is just as and, and you know, just one more thing real quick. I taught we talked to Darnell today and it was funny because he he stopped TJ Watt twice. Okay. You you stop that like that can't be emphasized anymore. You stopped TJ Watt in your first two reps of backs on backers ever in the NFL. Ever. You lined up against a guy with pads on in the NFL for the first time. That man was TJ Watt and you stopped him twice. That should that should ring every alarm. He knew that Alex Highsmith was going to pull the spin on him, and Alex Highsmith still got him. Still mm-hmm. he knew it was coming and he still got him after beating tj watt like that just you know that just i think that just says everything you need to know is that alex highsmith you could you could tell him exactly what's coming like jordan you know he used to t- say hey i'm gonna do this then you just go do it and i'm not saying that alex highsmith's jordan i'm just comparing the the references but you knew you know you knew what was coming and it's uh it's good to see I don't know. Sounds like Alex Highsmith is the Michael Jordan of backs on backers. You, you've heard it here first, first everyone. <laughs> you have heard it here first. Alex Highsmith. It might have been Nick Herbig. It might have been Darnell Washington. I don't know. Alex Highsmith was a good one. Could have been. I mean, we're talking, though. Landon Roberts absolutely destroying John Levitt was the highlight of the day. No doubt about it. All right. With that, I think we've touched on everything from today. We're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk live from St. Vincent College here at Steelers Training Camp. Make sure to like this video. Subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcast. All these live streams, the audio will be up anywhere you guys get your pod- podcast. So anytime that you miss one or you're looking for a little extra Steelers Talk, make sure to toss that on there. Give us a like on this video. If you're looking for some uh, All Steelers Talk gear, I dropped the link at the top of the comments. I know everybody was asking when I dropped this today. Unfortunately, we cannot sell the word Steelers. We got some All Steelers Talk shirts. We got some AST shirts coming by the end of the week. So if you're looking for any of those, make sure we're going to try. I'm trying to get my hands on as many of these as possible right now to do a couple of giveaways to make sure that you guys uh, know our, our get to spread the love and get to wear a little all Steelers talk gear. I appreciate everybody who came up to us again today at, at training camp. Enjoy another beautiful day in the Berg. Peace.